And welcome all. We are live this evening on Berry Flow Upstream number 78. We're entitling this one Media, because uh, Berry Flow got in trouble with the media. Anyway, <laughs> I'm here with our awesome guests. We've got Editor-in-Chief of Crackberry, Blaze. How you doing, man? Not bad. Yourself? Doing good. Always good to have you on. We're also here with Alex Bass of Cyberbytes Inc. How you doing, Alex? Pretty good, pretty good. For anyone who's Jewish, happy last day of Hanukkah. Wow, you went there, didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> Time to open the shock top. So, gentlemen, we have, we have got actually a lot of stuff to talk about as we head toward this week in earnings. I mean, I think kind of the craziest thing that's happened this week has been uh, Sprint rolling out 10.3.2 for the classic. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of like bewildering to me. Sprint comes out of nowhere, right? Like we kind of expected Sprint to to host the Priv and, and maybe T-Mobile and Verizon as well in the future. So maybe this is them kind of like getting their ducks in a row, so to speak, in terms of, because like why launch it otherwise, right? Do you really have customers who are asking for it? What do you guys think about the release of uh, 10.3.2, one of the latest versions of BlackBerry 10 for a Q10 on a carrier that only supports one device? Well, like you said, it kind of came out of nowhere. So it was really interesting to see that actually pop up. I'm really glad that they, you know, pushed it out. I, again, I don't, I have no idea as to how many people were actually waiting for it, but hey, you know, it's out there if you, if you want to go grab it. And like you said, it's technically the the newest release for BlackBerry 10, so you know, with the auto loaders and the bar files and everything else, everybody can take advantage of whatever is new in that operating system. Sad thing is, is I don't think there's too much that's actually new. It's kind of just like a baseline OS update, and they changed the numbers around, but other than that, you know, still good that they pushed it out. At least we know Sprint is still alive. <laughs> it, it's interesting. I wonder if they're using it to kind of, like, test the waters for Priv. How many active BlackBerry users do we have using the Q10? And they get some numbers based off the uploads or, or upgrades, excuse me, to the 10.3.2 version, and it kind of gives them an idea of, you know, how can we expect Priv to sell really you know, what is our potential upgrade base there? You know, it just seems really weird to come at this time, especially when we know we have 10.3.3 kind of looming for next year. Yeah. You know, why why go 10.3.2 now? But, again, nonetheless, as you said, you know, anyone who goes and grabs those files can benefit from the stuff they're in. Talking, you know, on the same line of updates, Priv saw its first update. Now, Blaze, you mentioned you had some shop BlackBerry devices. Have you tested the upgrade? Have you downloaded it? Was it there for you readily when, I think it was, what was it, December 4th or December 7th when that update rolled out for us? Yeah, I mean, it arguably it came a day later than what BlackBerry said it would, but given BlackBerry's, you know, track record of availability of updates, you know, it, it only, like, I want to say, like, maybe the past three updates have actually been, you know, somewhere around the time frame. Everything before that was kind of, like, hit or miss. Um, but, you know, this update came the, the next day, and it was readily available, and I got it downloaded, and everything seems to be working perfectly fine with it. I mean, I didn't have any problems with the actual update itself. You know, it was there, it downloaded, it installed, my device didn't blow up after it updated or anything, so that was good. Um, a few things I did find, you know, that, that seemed to be fixed in the operating system, I don't know... I don't necessarily know, you know, maybe it's just that, you know, how everything settles in after you update. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's not really improved. Maybe it just feels like it's improved. Uh, but the hub definitely seems a little bit faster. And 
um, you know, some of the interactions on the device definitely seem a little bit faster than what they were previously. Um, but that being said, you know, it, it's kind of hard to judge that stuff as well because, as we know it, the update itself didn't actually bring any improvements to the hub. Like, we know for a fact that the hub is a yeah. Right. So why why are the why are we seeing these improvements in the hub and the the fluidity I guess you could say of the hub when the hub wasn't even really part of the actual update? It, it's kind that, of a that's that, that's interesting because I think tomorrow we actually have like the Google Play updates for some of those apps yeah, like Dtech and that's so it is weird. But, yeah, yeah and I wonder if yeah. any of those updates are reliant on the actual software update because I for instance haven't gotten the software update. So are all of these apps, like the camera, for instance, I know they, they actually made some solid camera improvements with this uh, security update. So is this camera update app that I'm probably going to getting going to be problematic? Or I'm, I'm assuming it probably works fine without the newer version. But. I, think, I think the majority of the stuff, like, obviously it does seem as though that they did some underlying work, but I think, you know, for the most part, your... Google Play updates are not really going to be reliant on you actually having that software update. You should yeah. be able to go into the Google Play Store and download those updates because, I mean, realistically, that's why those updates exist in the Google Play Store so that BlackBerry can go ahead and update them whenever they wish, right? Yeah. Um, it, it, it is an interesting point, though, for sure, because, you know, it's worthwhile you know, maybe maybe at least keeping in mind how, how fast your hub works or how good your camera works right now as opposed to after those updates. Unfortunately that was that was something that I didn't uh, I didn't have I don't know why it just it slipped my mind. I didn't have the foresight to be able to go ahead and like document like the camera before the update and then the yeah. camera after the update. I just what again for whatever reason I didn't think about that. I was just I was, I guess I was just too eagerly excited that BlackBerry actually pushed an update on time, right? Yeah. So <laughs> downloaded that update, and I totally forgot about actually, you know, doing any like sort of comparisons. I could use I could use totally separate pictures, but that's not really. You know, that's Wait, not really we want a whole entire re another review of the previous <laughs> and, and every successive update from there on out. We want another review. <laughs> Say that jokingly, but there are people out there who have hit me up for that. They're like, "Are you gonna do it again now that you got the software update?" I'm like, "No." <laughs> it's honestly <laughs> kind of. Right. Everyone say hi to Brandon. He's got on the cast. How you doing, man? What's up, guys? What's up, Brando? Yeah, can't complain. Can't complain. Yeah, no, but it's a little bit depressing actually because I don't know if you guys saw. There's a huge camera comparison through for Android devices. I think it was on uh, Android Authority. And they compared like six of the flagship phones. One of the phones was the Priv. And yes, like the low light photos, they didn't look all that great. Some of them were like all right, but they're really, really dark. And I know that this camera update, security update, they fixed some of the low light photos and some of the camera shutters and things. So it's like I wish they waited, you know, a week or two to do this huge camera comparison test because they, the the Priv actually won in a few of the comparisons, and they gave the the Priv the you know, the crown for various things, but in other places it was not doing very well at all. You know, there's there was another thing that went on, I think it was like Android Police, and they 
compared the screen displays of some of the top devices. Mm -hmm. And Priv actually was announced as the winner, kind of silently, right? They talked a lot about the other screens, but they were like, you know, Priv was kind of the best all around in a lot of aspects. So, you know, camera here, screen there. It is still cool to see now that they're tossing Priv in along with the other flagships, right? Just more, honestly, more publicity than than BlackBerry devices have ever gotten because there's some major tests that they're doing with Android devices and it's like it, it it'll be interesting to see how that affects it because it's just free marketing for BlackBerry you know mm-hmm. and this is the kind of media manipulation that BlackBerry really needs to start doing they've done a great job of seeding these devices out here to the public and, and different uh, you know bloggers and reviewers and things like that it's now keeping it relevant and these software upgrades are what are going to do that right it gets people reinterested again and and Blaze, we are we are looking forward to that review, man. <laughs> maybe just maybe just a post like one month later, right, or or something like that. Yeah, so. it definitely. It's basically in my mind that I'm gonna end up doing like a six month review sort of thing. But you know, it, depending on what what software updates are are pushed out as well, I could push that up a little bit too. Like do a two month review or a three month review, whatever the case may be. I don't know. It it really comes down to what BlackBerry actually gives us, but. Definitely, there's going to be like a six-month review, a second opinion on it, sort of scenario, so that we can actually look forward to that. Because, you know, I, I think everyone here knows, you know, with this being BlackBerry's um, first foray in Android, you know, there's going to be a lot of changes. It, it's almost like BlackBerry 10. You know, when BlackBerry 10 came out, it was very bare bones, and it grew from there. And I think that's you know, going to be the exact same thing with the Prive. There's going to be improvements made. I believe we talked about it maybe maybe last podcast or two podcasts ago about how how uh, BlackBerry was basically working. Like, like they have to they have to continue to push new things out to Prive just to basically help keep it relevant. Um, and you know, that's that's obviously something that I'm going to be taking a look at for sure in the future. It's just a matter of timing. We just have to wait for BlackBerry to push that yeah. stuff out. This this episode of Upstream is entitled Media, and it's it's for this very reason that we're discussing right now. Blaze, you basically have told us, you know, w- when you are interested, when BlackBerry's giving you something to work with, then you'll go ahead and cover it. And I think the media is kind of finding their place with BlackBerry now, where they've got something they actually can support and actually get behind and, and give an impression about. Uh, we had two articles come out on BerryFlow this past week, one by Jubei entitled Five Reasons BlackBerry Fails in the Media, and we had a follow-up article by Mikhail, which was entitled Five Things That BlackBerry is Doing Well in the Media. So I want to go kind of roundtable here. We'll start with Brandon. Tell me what you think BlackBerry is doing in the media, because you wrote your own piece on priv marketing and how you actually were kind of coming to terms with it. What do you, what's your impression, at least now that we see the device more full out and in the hands of more people? Do you think BlackBerry is doing a good job of managing their media presence right now? I think they have, because... I mean, most people that you talk to on the street, at least in my experience, if they don't know about BlackBerry 10 and BlackBerry devices in general, they know about the Priv. So whether the <clears throat> whether the media was a joke or not, in terms of what I personally see, some of the advertisements and things like that, I do think that the actual um, ability to get the word out about the device and about um, the Android operating system that runs on the device, I think that has been successful. Uh, in terms of media. In terms of, you know, is it the ideal way I would have liked to see the device marketed? Uh, that's up for debate, but I think in terms of just broadly getting the, the word out there, they've done a pretty good job in hindsight. 
Excellent. And and we have seen like such an array of different things that they've done, right? We've seen print, we've seen a little bit of television. Obviously, the online media has been really big for them. Alex, what about you? Here stateside on AT&T, has the media push been different for you here as opposed to maybe Brandon in Canada? What do you think about the priv in the media at this point? I mean, it's tough. It just totally depending on the way that you see media. Um, yeah, I haven't seen it at all on television, but when it comes to online, I do like whether or not you like their new kind of advertising. It is very kind of concise in the sense where they're really like their website matches their you know the marketing that's going out that's matching like everything they're doing kind of matches um, itself, and they're really trying to be active on Instagram, especially since they they got at BlackBerry on Instagram and. It seems like they're really trying to push those things. Um, I definitely do think the media could be done a little bit better. I, I think everyone is dying to just see like some, some television commercials, as, as strange as that is. And I know television is so expensive, and they might just be trying to focus on just doing online marketing. But when you're a brand that big, like yes, online marketing is a huge importance, but you really should do some traditional media as well. And they are doing some newspaper ads and things, but at least not in the U.S. from what I've been seeing. It's uh, interesting. In your state, Alex, in New, in New York City, they've actually rented out buses, done the whole plastering of some of the buses, and I think they, they only got like you know, 10 to 15, 20 buses, but still. It's probably know, New York City. Yeah, I, right. I wouldn't and, in the higher In the higher populous <laughs> yeah. areas, as well as they've gotten video kind of banners on the streets and the sidewalks playing these kind of you know vague, you know, kind of mysterious BlackBerry ads. And, and this is all on their Instagram, which, again, is kind of interesting because they're, it's like they're showing their, their media that they are doing online to then share it, right, to make it a little bit more social. So it is stuff like, you know, for us, we see it. We may see it on their social media, but we're not actually, like, engaging with it. And that's where the disconnect wow. really happens for some yeah. of the media, right? And those fonts, man. Those fonts, yeah. man. Awesome. Realistically, from from people like people who are very successful in social media, something that they say is essentially the people following you aren't. That's not what's important. You just like saying what you have to say to them. That's not what's important. You should actually be, you know, jumping into the conversation. People are talking about BlackBerry actively on Twitter and Instagram. BlackBerry should be actually posting, replying to people. Like if I talk about BlackBerry in a tweet. BlackBerry should actually be at replying me and just kind of engaging with me, and that makes me feel like BlackBerry cares about me. But just them doing these posts in, on Instagram and Twitter, that, that's not really helping anything. Directing me to shop BlackBerry to buy, you know, the phone and things, that's not, that's not really making me feel warm and fuzzy about BlackBerry. So they really could be doing social media a little bit better, I think. But Alex, didn't you say that uh, you were super impressed when they replied to you on the Google Play Store? I think you, you, yes. you, you did Google a review Store, or a comment. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I was surprised when they responded to me on the Google Play Store. I, on the Hub, I left a, a comment about that. But, you know, they're obviously, the, the team that's doing Google Play is totally like the developer team, where social media is a way different aspect than that. They, we don't have the social media person replying within the developer account within Android or, you know, Google Play. So I think it, there's kind of a disassociation between the uh, online marketing and social media and the way that developers... I don't know. I, it's just not all in line, I think. They could, they could the refine problem, it a bit. The problem with social media is that it, the majority of it is just all automated. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's when not those, social. When blog posts go out and people start replying to yeah. the things or, like, when the comments come out and, like, you know, maybe there's, like, a joking 
comment made, and that's the thing. Like, even even myself, I, I used to tweet out the the Crackberry articles through Bitly or whatever, and it was all automatic. And you would be amazed at the amount of people that don't pay attention to like the fact that a tweet is automated versus a tweet, you know, just being sent out personally. Like nobody notices those things, and really, you can't blame anybody for that because Twitter barely even shows like where the tweets are coming from at this point in time. But a lot of the stuff going out on the BlackBerry uh, social accounts is just all automated. It's pushed out through like Bitly or you know True Anthem, whatever. All of the, any of those, just pick one of the social media services. So there's not. It's all timed, and there's nobody like really behind it. Somebody sets a schedule for a week, and then. You know, the, the account goes and, and it runs on its own, all, all automated. You and know, people's BS meter goes off on that, though. Like, yes, they're doing that, and you can say, you know, necessarily it doesn't matter, but, like, really, that's something that I see on Twitter that they're doing that I don't like. I feel like they're really not using social media in the right yeah, way. That's they what should... I'm saying. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, they, when I see, the, when I see the BB Elites, like, blast out the same link all together at yeah. the same time, like, yeah, like there needs come a little bit. A personal touch there yeah. that gets added, like, people, so that people are comfortable and they know that there's actually somebody on the other end. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying, you know, BlackBerry is, is alone in that respect. There's a lot of organizations that do that, a lot of companies that do that. Even, uh, even we do that, like... We send out automatic tweets, and there's no one there to actually answer it because it's an automatic tweet, right? Like, please, please, please don't reply to my tweets, please. Yeah, <laughs> Which, you know, that, that's funny. That's really funny you bring that up because you look at a company like I don't know T-Mobile, and yes, T-Mobile, T-Mobile does not have like the most following for Twitter, but John Legier, like his Twitter is exploding. So like, if they genuinely, whether or not John Chen was really the guy on Twitter who was responding. I think they can really kind of harness the power of that. Like, John Legier is someone that you should pay attention to. He's using social media in the right way. He goes on Periscope before he goes on stage and gets people hyped up. There are people waiting out in the crowd cheering for him. Like, that is someone doing social media for a company very well. You don't need the at BlackBerry on Twitter to be doing this. You need, you need a person. You need to feel like someone is there, a, a human. And and that's the funniest thing, right? Because we will have a human on next week, Mr. Yeah. Michael Cluley, director of BlackBerry's software division. So it's very interesting, you know. These people are strapped, right? And as Blaze kind of laid out a little earlier, you know, as those stuff that stuff's going automated for this week, they're working on next week. So maybe they don't have quite the time to go ahead and, and dedicate a lot of time to replying to these comments. You know, it all takes that little catch-up period. So it's going to be interesting. We're going to have someone from BlackBerry to kind of discuss a little bit of the Priv news. And they're doing a lot more than they have, right? The old BlackBerry would never have done a Reddit AMA, yet the BlackBerry we have today That's is true. getting out there through those social channels and interacting with the community. It may not be, you know, on our terms, but at least they're doing it, right? It's much better than what we've seen previously. Yeah, yeah. no, I think that was a great move. And I know a lot of people gave BlackBerry some crap, basically, for not answering some of the questions on yeah. there. But um, at the same time, did anybody happen to catch the Google Pixel C AMA? It was oh, that was back. that was a disaster. Oh, that was terrible. Yeah. Okay. Right. Like. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of hard to harp on BlackBerry for for not answering some questions because you know, again, it, it was a priv conversation, but then there was people that were asking questions that were totally not even relevant to the priv. Yeah. It wasn't a BlackBerry as a company AMA. It was a Priv AMA. So yeah. obviously no, 
questions got abandoned, right? Some people appreciated, too, the honesty. I think, like, Cooley responded to a few questions, for instance, the camera, like, on the front, and he said, you know, honestly, we really, it's a thin screen that you really can't fit that large of a camera in between there, and we just kind of made the decision, you know, you know, at least people, people were saying, you know, I understand more so why you did things, and I appreciate you telling me why you did it, and not giving some BS answer like, oh, you know, we did this because, and some ridiculous thing, like, they were being genuine in a few ways, and they were even like, you know, I don't necessarily agree with the way that we did this, but we had to do it this way because of this. And that's, like, people can appreciate that, just being real, not some gas, you know, answer that you've practiced a thousand times because that's what you need to give out when press asks you a question. Yeah, and I've had the exact same scenario as well. Like, um, early, early last week we put out a, a CrackBerry 10 update for the app, right? And one of the biggest things that people wanted in the CrackBerry app was PM notifications through the app itself. We looked into it. It's not possible to be able to go ahead and do it in, like, a consistent way. So when I wrote the update post, I let everybody know, like, we've looked into it. I'm not, you know, yeah. it can't be done in such a way that is reliable. So obviously we're not going to put it in there, right? And I told people that, and people appreciated that. Like, people always appreciate honesty and straightforwardness more so than some yeah. trumped up answer, right? Like, that's that's the way it is. And, you know, a lot of that came through on the uh, on the preview. I mean, and I don't think BlackBerry got enough credit for, you know, the, the questions that they did answer on that AMA. Yeah. Everybody, everybody just seemingly wanted to focus on the questions that they didn't answer, yeah. which is unfortunate because, again, yeah. you know, old BlackBerry wouldn't have done that in the first place. Like, it wouldn't even have been on the radar. They would have just basically said, screw that. No, we're not doing that. Yeah, and then, like, a lot of people are asking questions about, you know, pricing. And it's like, seriously, like, we... I don't know, it was just asked so many times, and there's really not much they can say about it. Like, the company chose the pricing structure for that, and it makes sense for the market they were going after and things. It's like, ask more questions about the phone, not like I like not the pricing of the phone. Yes, that's important, but everyone's like, why did you do this? Why did you do this? Why couldn't it be $200 cheaper? Why couldn't, you know? And it's, that doesn't, it's not what they're there for. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, too. If you look at where Priv is really positioned... You have the black phone coming in at eight hundred plus dollars, right? You have the iPhone coming in at seven fifty, right? So it's it's like kind of the perfect place in terms of yeah. what it really does offer. It's Android, it's flagship, it's QWERTY, it's secure. You know, it does all of those bases and it has them covered, and it's really at a good price point for them to you know do reductions in the in the future potentially at fifty dollars, whatever, but still make their money. We have Chad on podcast with us tonight as well. How you doing, Chad? Good. Good evening, everyone. How are you? Sorry, that was the ice machine. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing quite well. I feel I feel underdressed now that you come in all the suit and tie on us. <laughs> uh, jackets upstairs, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're talking a little bit right now, Chad, on some of our impressions of Priv, and we're talking as well about the, the Reddit AMA that BlackBerry did. So Brandon had just mentioned you know, a little bit about the camera and talking about you know, the thinness and the honesty that BlackBerry put into that AMA. And as well, they talked about blends, and it was interesting that really they kind of are leaving blend to this, this place of uh, we'll wait and see, right? We're, we're looking to see the reception that comes what are some of the things you missed from BlackBerry 10, Chad, that you'd like to see on Priv? Is Blend really one of those things when, you know, there's so many other alternatives, Push Bullet, AirWatch, etc.? Oh, honestly, for me, I rarely use Blend. Um, the one big thing for me was the remote file access. 
um, able to access my computer from wherever I was at with my computer. Um, you could now do that on Pushbuild, by the way. They literally pushed that out three or four days ago. New oh, okay. I'll have to take a look at it. I haven't really checked out uh, Pushbullet. Um, you know, to be honest, my biggest thing that I used every day on my passport was the double tapping to select all. That was one feature that I really do miss from BlackBerry 10. Um, and, uh, yeah, um, honestly, email in integration was, like, the biggest thing for me. It's on there. Um, calendar, it's on there. Being a businessman, as James said, it's always uh, nice to have that option. Um, but, yeah, for me, that was pretty much it. Pinch on Red and Hub. Alex is going crazy in this chat right now. <laughs> well, you know what? For me, the pinch, it was a great feature, but the drop-down menu and hitting on red, for me, is that one little extra step, it doesn't yeah. really make a big difference. Mm -hmm. And it gives you four or five options as opposed to just the one preset. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to tell myself that, but, I, dude, I used to just, like, pinch and do I'd, I'd play yeah. with it. It's fun to play yeah. with, too. I don't not, know. Okay. Not having pinch on red, like, because I don't have a priv, so I didn't know it was missing, but me personally with my passport, I literally just leave my phone on the, the hub and have it pinched to unread so that every time I just unlock, it shows all my unread messages. So that I can there's just an even, there's an even better way to do that, though, with the priv. You can actually just have your, your BlackBerry Hub view just automatically only show the unread messages. Like, you can, you can have a certain view that only shows unread messages. You actually have more functionality for that, and I hear you. I was doing the exact same thing. I would always have the hub pinched, and very occasionally I would unpinch it just to see if I yeah. missed things here and there. But the hub functionality is great. It's just slow. You haven't got the update, Alex. You haven't got the update. Relax. Yeah. It'll it'll get better, right, Blaze? Right, right. Totally. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. I just so, want to I just want to make a quick comment on Reddit. Uh, I think the um, the AMA stuff they were doing, but I, I personally think that the AMAs that tend to do better in terms of the entire you know social media landscape are the ones where they get that really key person from a company like a CEO on and then they do a general AM, AMA in the AMA a, uh, yeah. subreddit. Uh, so like for instance if John Chen were to come on uh, and be like I'm the CEO of Blackberry I led them uh, through the launch of the Priv uh, and the launch of the Passport ask me anything and then you would get a lot more coverage because then you would have people from all over, all over the sub all over Reddit not just Android people, but people from outside um, getting exposure to it on the front page, and then you would get just more traffic and more people uh, going to it. Uh, but this is a good first step. But, like, eventually, that'd be really super cool if somebody like John Chen went and did and asked me anything. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here siding with some of us in the, in the chat because it's like... <laughs> is John Chen ready? Like, John Chen would need training to do an AMA. I feel like he needs some social kind of, like, nuances and some don't be so verbose and, you know, calm down, Chen. Calm down. It doesn't run the Google. <laughs> it, runs the <laughs> it runs the alphabet, guys. <laughs> you know, people need to appreciate what they have as opposed to forlorn those things that they don't. And I am glad that BlackBerry is at least doubling down to try to focus on not only Priv, but trying to get the community a little bit more engaged and getting those answers to them. Priv is still continuing to roll out in major regions. We just saw it released in Malaysia. 
I'm waiting for like an India launch. I know that's like a pivotal market for them, but those guys are waiting and waiting and waiting. Very cool to see Malaysia though, nonetheless. Those are some big markets for them. As well, we know that right now we've gotten a BBM update that's come through. It hit Android first and then BlackBerry 10. Basically the same update. This was the one that we talked about in Betazone a little bit while ago. Um, some cool features. I like the Android version of BBM more and more and more. I was like halfway through writing this piece between BlackBerry 10 BBM versus Android BBM, and then this update came and it patched like three of my problems, which was like <laughs> the deleting of the messages, the ability to broadcast to categories of contacts. You know, I've got like hundreds of BBM contacts and they're all sorted between different categories and being able to like broadcast just to our patrons on Patreon or just yeah. to just to the Berry Flow group people or just to the BlackBerry Elite or just to developers, like it's super, super helpful for me to keep my, my contacts organized. So really cool to see some of that stuff coming in. Are you guys liking the BBM update on your respective platforms? I know Alex likes deleting those messages now. He can keep his conversations uh, on point. <laughs> yeah, it's just nice to like, you know, delete on my phone or delete on both phones it, and then you could delete individual messages and as stupid as it is I mean I have some friends who who asked about this functionality because a lot of text messaging apps would let you do it and they it, it might sound like a little messed up or something but sometimes they want to just delete a message that they said so the alternative was well hey I'm gonna use the retract message so it's kinda of funny that this functionality almost turns some people away from even needing the retract or retract functionality or do you need that to delete a message do you need it's, retract you, so you don't it's really okay. interesting if, if you delete it's going to delete off your phone so you're sending yeah. kissy faces to some girl you want to delete and, them so your girl doesn't see them awesome you're good to go now it's interesting because you can now close a BBM chat which is closing it on either side or you can also retract the BBM yeah. chat entirely and remove it off their device without having to do that awkward let me delete you as a contact to delete our conversation off yeah. your phone and then add you back and be like, hey, I'm sorry. Which, we I mean, magically got deleted somehow. As messed up as that is, that takes some away from retract functionality because a few of my friends, they genuinely just wanted, they didn't care if they pulled it from your phone, but it was more of I said something that I might not necessarily want my significant other looking at. And this, this is not really like sketchy stuff they're doing. It's just like sometimes you have personal business that you don't want your significant other going through. Again, this is not for like cheating or anything ridiculous, but they kind of wanted that functionality, and that's like you needed retract for it, and it's like, well, you had to pay for retract. So now it's like I can delete messages, and it solves that. If Alex's girlfriend is watching, he definitely retracts his messages from you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, do you, have you downloaded that BBM update for BlackBerry 10? I noticed they did some weird stuff in like the feeds, and by weird I mean kind of cool. You can kind of like like statuses and, and stuff now, making it a little bit more of a social network. Are you do you find yourself in the feed section of BBM a lot? See, that's a weird thing is that uh, I was really excited for that functionality because that's something I suggested way back where I was like, why don't you just make people's BBM kind of like a, a profile instead of requiring them to create a BBM channel for that type of stuff. But um, So I downloaded it, and I can search through the chats and everything, uh, but in my feeds, I, it doesn't give me an option to like people's feeds. It just gives me the standard option to like uh, BBM channel posts, so... I don't know if it's maybe I just downloaded the update yesterday, so I don't know if if it has to be a specific type of status update or if it's you know how does it work on Android, guys? It's really weird. 
So it kind of like aggregates notifications from your feed and the channels into one place. But channels also has its own notification area. So a little bit disparate there. So if I leave my if I open up my feed, right? And yeah. I, I allow it to bring in different pieces of communication, it'll say, hey, you have new stuff in your feed, and it'll push it as like a notification to me. So for the most part, the actual notification section of feed is, I don't know if you, you can't see it here, but it's just blank all the time for the most part. Now, as stuff comes in, if I were to leave my feed section like at a certain place in the, in the app and then go ahead and come back to it, it would show me I have notifications. So it is kind of weird how it kind of integrates them and kind of doesn't. It almost feels like they're laying a bedrock for something else, but it isn't quite there yet. Yeah. But again, I have no idea what that would be, right? Because it seems very broken as, as it is right now. I do like the ability now I can get a notification if someone like likes my photo as opposed to commenting on it. Because commenting on it would just send me a BBM, right? So mm -hmm. it, it is a little bit different. Because again, comments doesn't have its own section like channels does. It when you comment, it's a direct one-to-one -one between you and the person that you're speaking with. So kind of cool that the notifications are there. Still a little bit nascent because the whole platform for social hasn't really been fleshed out. And, and Brandy, you know, we've, we've talked about this for a while, Chad as well, how BBM really could be a private social network and be one of the best out there, but yeah. just still, still pretty nascent at this point. Blaze. I know as you're using Priv more and more, you're probably using your BBM less and less. Do these features kind of have the same weight that they used to? Like, what's that one thing you're really waiting on to make BBM kind of your your go-to again in terms of your messaging? Because like they they could get video, but does that necessarily make it a more usable application for you? I mean, I know everybody wants cross-platform video in BBM because you know BlackBerry said that it was coming, but realistically. <laughs> At this point, like I don't even use cross-platform video chat. Like I could use Skype or I could use Hangouts. I could use any of those things when I'm when I'm using Approved. Like I, I really, I don't. I just simply don't feel as though that it's necessary in BBM. The only the only reason why I would feel that it would be necessary to put it in there is mainly because you know other apps don't have it or other apps do have it. Like it doesn't seem as though that it would be something that would be you know, essentially required within the application. But yeah, I mean, I still use BBM and I use Hangouts a lot, mainly mainly because the majority of the people that I know are on Hangouts or on Google Chat more so than what are on actually BBM, right? Um, BBM is, is mostly as as terrible as it sounds. It sound, it, it's mostly just BlackBerry users, right? Like, I barely know anybody who's using an iPhone or you know, some other Android device that isn't necessarily a priv um, that is actually on BBM. So my, my contact list is kind of dwindling in that respect, even though there are still still some people hanging around, of course. Um, so my, my... I'm the only one Blaze talks to. <laughs> yeah. My usage, my usage is pretty much split between that and Hangouts. And, you know, it 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 is kind of frustrating that I have have some people on Hangouts and I have some people on BBM, but it's you know it, it works out. It's like fifty fifty. Um, I guess my biggest issue with this um, um, this particular update, and maybe maybe it was in there before. I don't necessarily know because I can't can't remember. Um, <laughs> but I hate the I hate the placement of channels in BBM for Android. Oh, it's, it's awful. It's always it's always been there. It's always been awful. Like. 
why do I need to flip open the menu and then scroll down yeah. and then reach the channels? Like, okay, you guys, and you guys... You're throwing in the feature channel section, too, which I never look at, and that's yeah. the default that it's in. So like, It, it was nice, I will say, when, when Barry Flow's channel was featured in, in the Discover tab, it was nice to go there because it was a smaller target for me to hit to jump to my channel. <laughs> but, that's, but that's pretty selfish, no joke. Um, so here's a question... Because, you know, we were just talking about channels, and it's kind of like, why is it treated as a second-class citizen on Android? I can't even share to channels, right? I can share to BBM, and I can share into yeah. contacts. I can share into groups. I can share into multi-chats. But I can't share into channels. It's it, it's really weird that channels is treated so poorly on um, <laughs> on some of those you know, on Android specifically. And even on, like, Windows and iPhone, it's it's treated as kind of this aside I really wish it was kind of like its own separate application, but that's a that's a piece we've been harping on for quite some time. Regardless, BBM updates brought some new features, bug fixes. Let's transition a little bit. Let's talk about QNX. When talking about QNX, we saw QNX partnering with ADAS Works and working on a little bit on autonomous drive. What do you guys think about QNX's work in that field? Because again, I mean do we really expect cars to be driving themselves in the next couple of years, or is that kind of a more longer-term play for, you know, commercial uses at least? Uh, I don't think it's that far off. I mean, it's still reasonable to say that it's a longer-term play, but I don't think it's that far off, especially in certain areas like California and stuff like that where, where Google has, has their cars basically doing testing like right this second. Um, so it's interesting that QNX is definitely in there. Um, Especially with BlackBerry, I mean, where they had the subsidiary going on. I mean, it, you know, we don't necessarily tend to actually think too much of QNX because a lot of the stuff that they do, they do rather quietly. So a lot of that doesn't necessarily bump up in in our everyday conversations. But you know, if if you start digging deep into some of the some of the news around automated cars and stuff like that, autonomous driving, QNX is right there. Like. All of that stuff leads back to QNX, and it's it's really interesting when you start digging deeper into it. More mm -hmm. so, than I think pretty much any of us have have realistically. Like QNX is right on top of that stuff. It's it's really an interesting kind of place for the market because the biggest kind of competitor in the space for QNX right now is Linux for for auto, which is basically the same thing, a custom version of which is running in the Tesla. So really, these automotive OEMs are, are just want to go to the Linux base, grab the automotive version, and build whatever they want to build, which is what Tesla does right now. One of the biggest proponents for QNX right now in the vehicle is the fact that it can support not only Android Auto which is what's being deployed right now, but can also support Apple CarPlay. So it allows the OEMs building the vehicles to say, well, I don't have to choose one or the other, right? I can support both people equally yeah. and give them a very custom experience tailored to their device preference. So very, very cool. And really, you know, Blaze is talking a lot about, you know, how QNX is at the bedrock of all of this, but really they're at the bedrock of a lot of this advanced driver assistance systems. So this ADAS stuff, a lot of this stuff is talking about complex processes and controlling of the vehicle, giving you adaptive cruise control, blind spot monitoring, lane departure warnings, all those things that make the car smart like the phone is, right? So really cool to, to again, see QNX pioneering in that area. Well, do you think they should be doing something more with, I mean, you hear of Google Cars, and that obviously you see good news and bad news, but you actually physically see the cars in action, or at least pictures of it, 
And then you see Tesla and all the videos of, it's not autonomous driving, but you see their kind of autopilot and things. Do you think BlackBerry should, your QNX, should be doing something to just show, like, the average person has no idea QNX has anything to do with BlackBerry, has anything to do with autonomous driving. And my, my stepdad was actually talking recently about, he's like, you know, I wonder how cars will deal with potholes and things. And I'm like, QNX was actually dealing with that a couple of years ago, like pothole monitoring for autonomous driving. But the average person doesn't know that. So they need to, they need to do more pothole monitoring over there on the West Coast. But uh. <laughs> oh, I, think, I, think, I think QNX basically suffers from the fact that they're insanely popular, but nobody knows, like you said, Alex, nobody knows that they exist in the grand scheme of things because, you know, as good as it is that, yeah, QNX can run Android Auto, they can run CarPlay and stuff like that. It's those names that basically take over everything. And really, when it comes down to it, I think a lot of their, their you know, the, the contracts and stuff that they sign and the people that they're working with, um, you know, it, it, it sort of prohibits what they can actually say that they're doing in terms of these things. Like, you know, it, it, do you remember... I think it was like, I don't want to say it was years ago, but it, it was like a couple of years ago anyways. Like the majority of the <laughs> I don't want to say it, but I'm going to say it. It was yeah, years ago. Because <laughs> I, I don't know how long ago it was. Really bad reception <laughs> at times. <laughs> but anyways, it, you know, like when new phones came out, pe most people weren't allowed to actually say that their device had Gorilla Glass. Like you couldn't, yeah. at, at, at one point in time, you weren't allowed to actually use the Gorilla Glass name until they decided to go ahead and switch things up. Like, you, you physically had to, like, search out on the Gorilla Glass site to find out if this, if this phone was actually using this glass on, on the device, right? Um, and it's sort of the exact same scenario. Like, the, the agreements that they sign sort of prohibits what they can actually say about the products because, mm -hmm. you know, if QNX is sort of, like, if they're working in the background and they have all this new technology and stuff then it's kind of like uh, they don't want to make the announcements that they have it. Look at Chad pouring out the booze, sip it. <laughs> they don't yes. want to and, and say that they have all of these technology advancements before the, the car manufacturers Jeez, have, have the opportunity to go ahead and announce it themselves. It, it's kind of like a weird scenario where they can't exactly put themselves at the forefront because it's a white label solution. They're tr they're not even necessarily trying to be in the front line. Yeah. They're just trying to be at the core level. But it's yeah. I guess it, it's just it, it's it's a it's a marketing problem. It's the same yeah. problem that BlackBerry itself faces. Here's the thing: you market QNX, people are gonna connect QNX with BlackBerry 10. They're gonna connect BlackBerry 10 with failure, and it's gonna cascade and hurt the QNX brand. I think they should stay in the background, stay wraith, do what they gotta do. Get the royalties, get them coming through, because that's what the payout's going to be, and that's all BlackBerry should care about in terms of QNX right now, making it making it monetized for them. And and you know, here's another thing for that side of things. But I did an interview with QNX back in 2014 in April, and we talked about a collaborative they did with Viz Labs to create a fully autonomous vehicle. And it was a really, really interesting interview I did with Grant Corville over there. He's one of their product managers. And it's so interesting because a lot of the stuff he compared, you guys remember that vacuum, the NeetoBot vac, that is basically an autonomous vacuum that will you put it down, it's a Roomba, it'll go around and clean. He's like, you know, a lot of this, the core problems that we had to solve for that 
vacuum are the same problems you have to solve with a vehicle, right? A lot of them are the same things. So if we look at QNXs and specifically BlackBerry's expertise in this area of one security and as well, autonomous drive, they've got a lot more experience than players like Google who've been doing it, but doing it on other people's software platforms, right? Or doing it on other people's partner platforms. It's, so it's really cool to see at the operational level that QNX has a lot of understanding about what kind of software platforms atop their kernel it's going to take to actually run and do these types of things because yeah. they're, they're going to be able to bring it to a commercial level quicker than Google will, right? Because Google's not massively known in the car, right? Aside from their one app peripheral that needs a USB connection. And they don't want to be confined to one space because QNX really, it's a company that has its hands in a whole bunch of different aspects that could be connected to autonomous vehicles and could be connected to IoT. And if you think about it a little further down the road, they're connected to one, and, and they're going to end up being maybe one and the same in the future. Um, but just to add to all these points, my own company, I've been doing research on autonomous vehicles because um, we're in that field to do with uh, transportation um, technology and stuff like that. And our predictions are, well, predictions that we found through research and stuff like that is that a conservative prediction would be autonomous vehicles starting to arrive in 2031. Uh, but there's a lot of people who think that uh, the more middle-of-the-road prediction is going to be around 2025, um, around the mid-20s. So if you think about it, it's really not that much further down the road. It's about 10 years down the road. That's like about, you know, the amount of time that's passed since almost the height of BlackBerry. Uh, which doesn't seem that long ago, right? Now, so if you think about it, in the future, um, this technology Black BlackBerry's hardware business will be profitable by then. No there doubt. There you go. No there doubt. you go. <laughs> My kid's kid won't even need to learn how to drive. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's gonna be can you can you press the buttons to make the car go? Yep. <laughs> Hilarious. So really, really cool stuff. BlackBerry and QNX continuing to work with those ADAS systems. Again, not necessarily autonomous drive. Of course, that's a little bit further out, but really talking about the smart aspects of the vehicle, the blind spot monitoring, and those different parts of the vehicle that add overall to security. So it's really cool to see them kind of playing to their core strength on all their levels in, in terms of software. Let's talk about this massive Priv Walmart sellout, guys, because I went to Walmart, and they were definitely sold out of Priv. They were so sold out of Priv, they didn't even know what I was talking about. <laughs> Again, selling out online on Walmart is the same thing as selling out online on Amazon, right? You have limited stocks, you put it up, you get rid of it. The fact that the, the stock kind of climbed so much... I hope the stock analysts know more than I do because from what we obviously are seeing, they've probably had very, very low inventory of these devices um, for them to but go the, so quickly. The, the stock was unnecessarily lowering too. Like it, it wasn't. It, it's almost like this whole sellout was just a rebound to something that it was already going down kind of randomly off no news whatsoever. So I, I don't know. I, I think it was more of just a rebound looking to cover some of the shares rather than it was like, oh, man, it sold out. Everyone buy up the stock. Yeah, it was timing and coincidence, basically. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, you know, when, I, when we put that article out, a lot of people were, like, laughing, like, BlackBerry has stooped so low that they're selling their devices at Walmart now. Like, I don't think people well, realize, like, it, Walmart is the largest retailer in the world. Like, you can order at Best Buy, too. Like... You know, let's be realistic here. Right Walmart. below Amazon in terms of like online, like, yeah. <laughs> they're big. So I, I think, I think, I'm, 
I, I absolutely agree with you, Alex. Uh, you know, it was kind of like timing, coincidence, and pricing was wrong to begin with. So maybe it was just rebounding off of that. But also, at the same time, the Walmart name carries a lot of uh, a lot of brand recognition with it. So that you know that sort of helped drive it up at the exact same time as well. So you know, and to James's point, I don't you know I don't think that they had massive amounts of stocks to begin with, anyways. You know, so you know, timing, coincidence, the Walmart name, the stock level—you have to take it all under consideration when you look at the grand scheme of things. But you know, in, in the end, it did help BlackBerry out. The the name of, of Walmart stocking the devices helped them out, and the stock price coincidentally going up at the exact same time helped them out. So you know, it, it's all it's all coming up rosy for BlackBerry. Yeah. No matter. I I think reality all it is is a bunch of keywords put in the media and there's some computer out there who started buying stock and then once that computer started buying stock, other computers are like, oh, these are the keywords and since that computer bought stock, let's get in on it. And it's just basically it's so automated nowadays that really with a volatile stock like this, when the stock has been going down for so long, the second there's a positive news story, you're going to see a, a spike and as yeah. you've been seeing, the stock hasn't necessarily been continuing to go up and I and I've, I've mentioned this before to the group in Berryflow I will predict that after earnings you're gonna see the stock drop and by the time you get to the Monday at the end of Monday it'll be at its lowest and then it'll start slowly climbing up again yeah. on the Tuesday I mean that's the that's pretty much the formula that's been going on the past yeah, few earnings calls and I don't expect that to change it's so laid out like you it's not even fun trying to predict this stuff anymore because you can almost like lay out the how everything's going to happen exactly as it unfolds. Like, you can call it right before it happens. Like, yeah. I see a trend in this podcast. Everything is automated. Tweets are automated. <laughs> are automated. Cards are automated. We're not even here. This is pre-recorded. You <laughs> think it's live, but it's not. We're, we're, we're live playing the recorded podcast. <laughs> it really, really interesting stuff, though, with the Walmart availability because, again, I think distribution's got a lot smarter at BlackBerry, putting it on Best Buy, as Chad mentioned, putting it on Amazon with the Amazon partnership, putting it on Walmart. It just lets the device be accessible, and I think that's one of the best and one of the key things you need to make a device like this be successful. So it is cool to see, again, that the interest is there, and people are trying to get this device as quickly as they can wherever they can get it. So that's always good to see. Let's talk a little bit here. We have earnings on December 18th. December 18th is this coming Friday of this week. So as we roll through this week, we will have our podcast with Mr. Michael Cluley pre-recorded a couple days prior to earnings and available for everyone to watch on Sunday the 20th. So with that looking toward ahead here, we will not be talking about earnings or any really forward-looking things. Our conversation is going to rotate and revolve around the BlackBerry Priv. So you can kind of consider it like a, an AMA Part 2, so to speak, where we're really going to be focusing on Priv with a lot of what we discuss. Um, if you're interested in bringing up questions, we've got a public post out on Patreon, go check ours out. Leave a comment there, just as a more organized place for us to kind of watch and keep those thoughts together. Uh, I want to give a quick shout-out to the team for their continued support, keeping this podcast going. It still amazes me every week that we have like people like Chad coming back from work, hopping on the podcast, Brandon coming on with his crazy schedule and everything, and as well, Blaze, 
who wants to be shopping or eating right now, no doubt, but he's here, he's here with us instead. And Alex, I, Alex is always here. I can't get rid of him. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, everyone. <laughs> we'll close up this podcast, guys. I have a couple things for us to talk on our after show. We'll get that one fired off. But we will close this one up. This has been Barry Flow Upstream number 78. Peace, guys. Later. Later. Later.